Welcome to the Growing in Love for Life podcast, where it's all about saving and strengthening your marriage and creating the relationship you really deserve and want to have. And now, from growinginloveforlife.com, relationship and marriage coach and best-selling author, your host, Liam Naden. This is episode 25 of the Growing in Love for Life podcast. Hi everyone, it's Liam Naden here, and welcome to this episode. I'm really excited to be back and sharing what I hope is more great information with you about how you can really not only save your marriage, but turn it into a fantastic marriage. And this is actually a really special episode, and I'm really excited this time because it's actually the first time where I have a special guest on the show. And this particular lady, I've been trying to get her on the show for some time now. She's very, very busy, and so it's taken a while to organize, but I'm delighted to have her on the show. And I think the topic that we're going to cover today you'll find really relevant to what I've been talking about in all of my podcasts and also in my programs, and you're going to find this very interesting. Just before we get into it and before I introduce her to you, just a word about my new Save Your Divorce program. And I've had some great feedback already, even though it's only recently been launched. And really this particular program, I've created it for the people who are, who are really facing a crisis in their relationship and where they want to save their marriage, but their spouse, their husband or their wife doesn't want to. And my 30-day program, my Save Your Marriage program, that's been great for people, but I've had a bit of feedback from people. They want something a bit faster, a bit, a bit quicker than that. So this new program, the Save Your Divorce program, it's a seven-day program, and it's specifically for you if your spouse is walking out, has walked out, told you they want a divorce, is having an affair, all of those things. And, it, and it's really a way to turbocharge getting them back and stopping, if you like, the, the, the crumbling of your marriage. So if you'd like more information about that, that's available at my website, which is liamnaden.com slash saveyourdivorce. And remember, I also have my 30-day program, Save Your Marriage, and that's, there's details about that on my website as well. All right, so let's get on to the topic of today and my special guest. And what we're going to be talking about today, just before I introduce her, is one of the, what I think are the absolutely fundamental principles about saving and strengthening your marriage. And I talk about this a lot in my programs, and I've been talking about this in, our, in the podcast as well. And that is, if you really want to save your marriage, if you really want to create a great relationship with your spouse, then one of the first places to start, if not the first place to start, is yourself. And my guest today, her name is Rachel Taylor, and I'm really delighted to have her here, as I said. And Rachel, she coaches clients, she runs workshops, and she writes books on how to access your personal vocational calling, or another way of putting that is your life purpose. And more than 5,000 people have taken part in her programs all over the world, in New Zealand, Australia, the US, and Europe. So I'm really delighted to have her here. She's actually from New Zealand as well, originally, although I believe you're in the States at the moment, aren't you, Rachel? I am, yes. Yeah. So welcome, Rachel. Anyway, it's it's fantastic to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Liam. It's been a, a pleasure to follow your progress with this program. Really delighted to be here. Where would you like to start, my dear? Well, 
as I mentioned in the introduction, this whole thing about life purpose and what what have you got a way of, if you like, defining what life purpose actually is? Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty interesting subject, and people view it in many different ways. It could be viewed um, really right down the very most sort of simple end of the spectrum. It could be viewed as just the thing that makes you feel excited, that you feel inspired by. Um, people have described it as the thing that lights you up or makes your heart sing. Um, others will describe it in the sense of um, feeling like they're getting out of bed in the morning with a a very specific um, very specific goal or purpose or, or sense of something that's uniquely theirs to do. And that often will create a feeling of real excitement. And it can go all the way up to the other end of the spectrum to um, a, a real genuine uh, um, calling or, or in some kind of almost more kind of Christian circles they describe it as an ordination where you actually receive a, a sort of a set of internal orders or direction or directive um, that that or a knowing that that something in particular is yours to do and, and you know people get it at different times in their life you'll often meet people that um, as a kid they they always wanted to be a doctor or and it was always with them right from from the start so that's the general that's the general level landscape that I work in is right. how to find that. Oh, right. Yes, for sure. And I, and I guess the thing when it comes to relationships or may, maybe in summary, one of the things that comes out of knowing your life purpose is your energy changes. Would you agree? And you suddenly become much more alive and, and, and attractive, <laughs> including to your partner. But there's a different energy around it, isn't there, than if you're just going aimlessly through life and, and just sort of worried about your problems all the time, as it were. There's no doubt about that, Liam. And you can always tell the people that are, if you like, on purpose, and that's a fairly tight definition, which we may not have time to explore fully today. Um, but you can tell that the people that are on purpose are, um, they're always kind of on fire at some level. And they, they have a very magnetic, very kind of radiant quality to them. Like they've got they've got this special thing that they're up to and um, you know you could pay them a million bucks or pay them nothing and they'd still be up to it or you could you know it, it's like a it's a very personally internally driven directive and it makes them very compelling there's no doubt about that mm. and that the, the word uh, compelling I think is a really good one because if we talk a bit about relationships you know this is what when I talk to people all the time about um, when their their marriage is falling apart and particularly when they want to keep their marriage and their spouses maybe you know lost interest or gone in a different direction or um, met somebody else or you know often I meet people actually who say um, my spouse has come to me my husband or wife has, has said to me look I just don't love you anymore and mm. I, and they and they say I, I don't love you anymore I I don't and it's there's nobody else involved but I just don't know what I want anymore and I think what I've noticed is often the relationship gets the blame, if you like, for people's mm. lack of purpose. And mm. it can be a gradual thing. They, you know, maybe they've spent a lot of time building up their financial situation or they're working on their family and they get to a point, you know, sometimes we call it the midlife crisis where they think, well, is that all there is? But I'm, but I'm empty inside. I just don't know what I'm, what I should be doing. I, I just don't feel very good and I don't know why. And 
oh, maybe it's my relation, you know, and, and I don't feel happy, so I don't feel happy in my marriage, so therefore if I get rid of my marriage, then I'll be happy. <laughs> and what Very I try and say to people is, you know, when you're in that situation, the the lack of happiness in the marriage is often the symptom, but it's not the, really the cause of what's going on. And maybe this whole life purpose thing, you know, what's the purpose of my life, why am I here, if people could really... Uh, find that if they could have a knowing of of, of um, why they're here and, and what they're supposed to be doing, you know, they're going to feel better about their life, and they're also going to feel better about their their marriage. Do you think that's there's an element of truth in that? Oh, look, there's there's no doubt about that, Liam. And um, I think there's this this we could stop and t- and pull apart what you've just said, and there are so many gems that we could mine just out of that one statement. Um, that. Here's how I see it. Um, I think that there's a real uh, parallel between being on purpose and being in a relationship. And let me explain what I mean. Um, Now, my orientation does include a kind of a more um, spiritual, if you like, not religious, but a a spiritual kind of orientation. And um, and so I always tend to kind of view it through that lens whenever I'm looking at at this topic. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with, if you like, consciousness and the process of becoming more and more progressively awake and 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 ev- evolved and developed. And um, if you look at the way relationship tracks and the way purpose tracks, there's some very, very interesting parallels that I observe. For one thing, when you aren't on purpose, when you are not in an inspired place in your life or in your relationship, a lot of what the, the symptoms are that are common to that phase are about where it's almost like where growth has stopped would be a very short way of summarizing it. When someone is on purpose, they are almost on the edge of the most, uh, the, 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 the steepest trajectory, the most treacherous growth edge. They're always very, very closely walking on the edge of that where, where it's like there's some unfolding mystery at work. Um, and I'll speak a little bit about, more about this in just a minute. But you'll notice that in relationships where lives and careers and businesses and love relationships go stale, I believe that very strongly that it, it's because that evolutionary edge has stopped. I think what compels us into love relationships and into new businesses or new careers or new purposes, and I've been a business coach for about you know 15 years or more. I've, I've coached hundreds of, um, of, of entrepreneurial ventures. They all start out the same way. There's a tremendous reservoir or like ignition of, of, this, of this raw passion that gets channeled into their new venture. And you'll notice that, and I've also w- worked with business owners at all places on that on that sort of continuum all the way through to a, a very mature business and then into decline and then into exit strategies. And what you'll find, or what I've found repeatedly, is that towards the end of those business cycles, they start losing interest. They want out of there. It becomes like a prison for them. So I believe that there's a real parallel between that, that kind of raw sense of, of passion 
passion, intensity, um, that captivating uh, radiatory place at the start of something that is also what you get at the start of a relationship. It's what they'd commonly call it the honeymoon phase. Um, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you're mapping and tracking many of the phases that occur within um, the evolutionary cycle or the life cycle of a relationship. But you'll notice that they actually probably correspond pretty much stage for stage in, in the progression of a business or in the progression of a career. And where we lose passion is when it's gone into that decline stage and there's nothing new happening. There's no inspiration coming. It's like the whole thing is starting to dissolve. And that's a very curious place. And you and, and I would suggest when we're finding um when we're finding some solutions for that at a purpose level, you're gonna also find them at the relationship level too. And what what's the solution for it? There's always a new stepping stone that's just about to emerge. There's always some new element of your purpose or some whole new calling that's starting to surface and you have to turn your attention to that and start getting in touch with it. Yeah. Oh, that well, that's, um, that's really interesting, that parallel between business and a relationship because I guess um, in, another way of looking at it is some, someone actually, when they say an entrepreneur and they start a new business, they've actually got a relationship with their, with their business, yes. <laughs> haven't they? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And one of the things I've also noticed, in you talk about phases of relationships, is and and what I often say to people, you know, when their relationships in trouble, I, I say, well, well, what did you used to do together, the two of you that that you used to really enjoy? And mm. people would say, well, we used to go out, or we we'd laugh, or we'd you know, we'd hang out together, or, or we'd we would have goals together. We would have things that we wanted mm. to achieve, whether it be buy a house or, <coughs> excuse me, work on a career. And I say, well. And when was the last time you did any of those things? And, mm. you know, they go a bit quiet. And, of course, I think that's what happens when we get caught up with the... And I see this with entrepreneurs, you know, having been one myself or maybe be, being one myself. But, you know, you, you do get very caught up in the excitement of growth. And if, and mm. if that's one of your key values, and I, I don't necessarily think it, that it's at the forefront of everybody's values is, is um, growth and new things, but... Because there are a lot of people who just want security, and that's that's really what they're happy with, and that's where entrepreneurs are a slightly different breed, maybe to other people. But I think the problem is people in a relationship. It's it's like as you say, someone's relationship with their business is really changing because early on there's lots of growth and new things happening, happening, and when it reaches a a stable point. Um, if their values are really about growth and developing themselves and developing their life, they they suddenly find that's not giving them fulfilment. Mm, and so, mm. <clears throat> and I think in a relationship that's what happens as well. All of the things that gave us fulfilment early on, we stop doing those things, but we don't actually know what it was that was working. And one of the things I really get deep in with my programs are what are your values, what's important to you, and what's important to your your partner as well. And if and if they're very different uh, at a core level, you you are going to have problems. And you get, but but the way through that is to look closely at what you are. And I guess your values really point to your life purpose as well, don't they? Yes, I, th- I think they do. And before we plunge down into that path, I did want to just track back to something that you just said right there. Um, if you look at if you look at those those commonalities that you're describing right at the start of a relationship, um, 
this, the sense that I've been describing, the sense of mystery. I know I've used the idea, the metaphor of a business, but you could change metaphors and we use the idea of a child. I've got a 10-year-old child. Um, we are in the process of trying to homeschool him because we're very um, geographically mobile. Um, and the same thing, I'm really struggling with trying to find, um, or as a parent, those areas that are going to really light him up. And what I notice about what I notice about that is look at the way children learn. When they're lit up about something, the learning is so easy. It's so easy. And when and the moment they master it, they're bored and they move on. If so even for that sort of group that you're describing that are very security oriented, I'm going to my opinion about that, my my suggestion about that is even though you may not want to <laughs> we're not talking about like transforming your relationship into some whole new thing. I just it, it it may you don't have to radically sweep through with some transformational thing going on, but but you do have to reignite some sense of something new, something compelling, some quality of the mysterious back in because that's what grabbed you right at the start. That's what grabbed your partner right at the start. There was some fresh, fertile soil. Once that whole landscape, that whole ground becomes known, it becomes stale. If you need to reinvigorate it, you've got to reconnect with the newness. That's right. I totally agree. That's a great way of putting it because so many people, they say um, people have said to me, well, you know, I don't find my partner exciting anymore and and this is on lots of levels. It's also on a, on a sexual level. And, you know, mm. I think the whole... I've written a book on Kindle, The Sexless Marriage Cure, actually. It's a Kindle bestseller. Mm-hmm. And um, But one of the things I really talk about in that book, it's not actually about sex at all. Um, it's mm. about a variety and adventure. And, partic- you know, I think sex, just to focus on that specifically, you know, it's one of the few things in our life where we expect we can do the same thing twice a week for 50 years and, and never get bored with it. And, um, you know, this whole thing of, of, you know, finding ways to make your relationship new and do new things together. Um, mm. You know, you can do that no matter how well you think you know somebody because, let's face it, you know, in a healthy relationship, you're changing, they're changing as well. And so that whole dynamic can keep going. But I guess it just takes a, a bit more effort and focus to, mm. to keep that momentum going if you've been together for quite a while. Mm-hmm. If we so, turn the attention, if we turn the attention specifically to um, to purpose, which is the nature of the discussion today, yeah. <clears throat> let, let let me give you a bit of a context, and and we'll we'll just kind of keep progressing more specifically down the purpose line because this right. whole this whole thread of what's unknown, what's emergent or emerging, um, it, you know, it, it, it they weave together so beautifully in the way they parallel each other and. In finding and following a purpose, and also finding and following um, the the thread of newness in a connection, uh, it's it's very very similar process actually. Um, so if, as I said before, I think if you can discover the 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 um, the intelligent design behind one, you're going to discover it for the other one too. So. So some of the things about purpose, just just again, at a very high level uh, as a context would be to say some things I've learned over the 15-odd years or longer that I've been teaching and investigating the subject. There's a couple of things, some things about it that's worth saying. One of them is that it's ever-changing. I used to think once we find our purpose, that would be it, you know, set for life. I now understand statistically people are, let me see if I can remember these accurately, it's, it's they're changing um, careers up to seven times 
times in a lifetime. And they're doing, I think they've had something like 15 job changes before they're 29. It's, it, there's, there's actually d definite stats that are out there now. I'm, I hope I'm not quoting them incorrectly, but the point is, is that it, there's there's a, a rapid change process that goes on. It is a morphic phenomenon. It is not a static phenomenon. And what that morphosis um, kind of centers around is the fact that we master. We, we master the current level of the game. Each level that we're at, we master it so quickly that it then starts kind of losing its uh, appeal at some level. And then, then a new edge, I call, I describe them as edges or growing edges, but a new edge appears. And then that turns our attention towards following that. Um, and that's, that's literally when you, when you retrospectively map someone's career, that's what you'll notice. Oh, what happened here? Oh, that's when X, Y, Z happened. And, and and the next opportunity came along. So I, you know, and you'll see it. You'll see this is the progression. So that's one of the, that's one of the things that that I notice is it's constantly evolving. And how you how you sharpen your um, your awareness uh, to to be able to to follow that thread is very very important. It's like a map. You have to learn how to read it. It's um, if you can imagine the old. I, I use the analogy of the old sort of medieval tapestries um, all of the colors when you're right up close to the tapestry it's very difficult to read but you stand back far enough um, and actually the way that they they wove the tapestry was a, a story was woven in so you literally can read up or read down the tapestry and, and you would you would you would um, reveal a story would be revealed and I think our lives are somewhat like this particularly um, around purpose so right yeah. it's interesting that um, you talk about you know how 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 often people change their career and and change mm. their job, etc. It, it is a and it is a very new thing, isn't it? And it's obviously. Do you think it's a reflection on um, society? You know, the fact there's so many more pressures on people. There's 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 a, a lot more of this sort of instant gratification. Um, you'll be happier if you get this, uh, you know, and then you get that, and you'll, no, you'll be happier when you get that. So, you know, one way of looking at it is is, is perhaps people are moving, looking for something. Um, mm. And they're not finding it straight away, so they're moving on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I think there's no doubt that that is um, that is unquestionably a layer of of um, how it is that you know that we find ourselves in this place. Because as you as you hinted to, a couple of generations ago, um, we were told to pick one career and do that for our our thirty year working lives or 40-year yeah. working lives. That is not the case today. Within only a short few generations, two or three, three certainly, um, we we now are, are, are having a very different picture that we're looking at. And our kids will have a very different one again. So I think, yes, I do think that whole sort of cycle of, of if you like, you know, the ego, the ego wish life, of all of that, you know, speeding everything up, I think there's generally a quickening. But I think there's some other dynamics at play as well and that is that I, again using a, a model of a teacher that I do respect um, Abraham Maslow he had this hierarchy of needs as he described it mm. I think as as we progress as a society and, and more and more of those base needs are covered um, we're able to progress further up the uh, up the hierarchy and and engage in 
you know, if, if we were in a medieval society or, or tribal wars were, were happening on our back doorstep, there's no way we could be having a discussion today about finding your purpose. That's right, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we'd, we'd be dead before we were 30 anyway. That's so, right. You know, Counts at me out it, anyway. You know, that's right, <laughs> well, me too. And, um, so, so it's a very different scenario. As we are evolving as a species, I believe, a lot of these faculties are starting to open to us that only mere generations ago just were not available. So we are in unprecedented territory. There's no doubt mm. about that in my mind. So. I think you're right, and particularly, you know, that's reflected in relationships. We're in, in um, unprecedented territory as well because all yeah. of the rules about a relationship no, no longer seem to apply, and we have much higher expectations about what we want out of a relationship. It's not just to, you know, protect us from the the marauding uh, wildebeests or the <laughs> mammoths or whatever, or to provide a place to bring up children. We, you know, we want those higher things that a relationship can give us, and we want them on a on a continual basis. And once we start to get those emotional needs being met, um, you know, that's when we start to question things and say, well, you know, what can I do about this? So, you know, in fact, a lot of the the work that I'm doing, helping people, I think it's it's a a fantastic privilege, but it's a wonderful time to be helping people understand what relationships really are and and how they're really about mm. i think they're not they're not just about these the lower hierarchical needs on the maslow scale they're really about you know how can i use it as a vehicle to become more of myself to understand mm. myself more and yes. i really believe that is the purpose of a relationship is to it's a it's a vehicle where you can become more of yourself, not somewhere where you have to compromise and and somehow you know give in and shut down areas of yourself. And if you can create that environment where you know your growth is 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 paramount and it's a mm. safe place for you to do that, I, I think that's the ultimate for a, a relationship. Mm. I think what you've just centered on right there is absolutely critical. You're, you're describing the words that I would use um, to put a context or a framework to it is is old paradigm relationships versus new paradigm ones, old paradigm um, careers versus new paradigm ones. And what we're pointing to in both instances is a kind of a, a new paradigm of relationship, of career or purpose, which in some senses we don't fully understand. It's almost like we're the kids on the cusp and we're in play. We're, the game, the ground beneath our feet is changing so radically. As you say, the old paradigm version for why we're in these things no longer really is that valid. Um, and, and yet we don't necessarily fully know the markers of the new one. So we're, we're relying to some extent on opinion leaders and, and um, to, to start bringing forward and shining some kind of light on the territory yeah. um, and, it come, and it brings us all the way back to what you're describing at the start which is the values mismatch if you've got one person that's in an old paradigm relationship but with another another that's in a more emergent framework then, then eventually one is going to outgrow the other and the same also is true for purpose so let's wrap all of this if, if we have still just a little bit more time yeah. I'd love to kind of like, like wrap it more specifically and more deliberately into what this whole purpose phenomena means for and it seems like a lot of you know the listeners that you're you're working with um, are really trying to save their marriage you know from mm. divorce and they're often dealing with a kind of a reluctant partner mm. um, and and there's one very um, very key piece that I'd love to kind of um, 
to add in here at this point about why it's so critical to get on purpose. If you're the partner that is um, being divorced or, if you like, the, the one that they're trying to pull away from, there's almost nothing more important than you, than this for you to do, which is to get on purpose. But let me let me put it very, very succinctly. It's to say this. Purpose makes you attractive. Mm. Now, let me give you a context here. I'm going to use a distinction that is not my own. It's from uh, another wonderful um, luminary called Harville Hendricks. And you may have even read his book, Getting the Love You Want. He described what was what was called the isolator-fuser dynamic. Now, let me, let me explain what that is and let me explain why this is important or how this relates to being on purpose. Now, the isolator-fuser dynamic, it's simply this. One person is doing the running and the other person is doing the chasing. So the isolator, this is out of um, Harvel's book, someone who unconsciously pushes others away and keeping people at a distance because they need to have a lot of space around them. Um, freedom is a very key note for them. So they come and go as they please. They don't want to be pinned down to one single relationship. Now, the second principle, the fuser principle, is, is the people who seem to have an insatiable need for closeness. Now, fusers can tend to want to do things together all the time. You know, if people fail to show up at the appointed time, they can feel abandoned. The thought of divorce fills them with terror. So this is all Harvel's descriptors about it. They crave physical affection and reassurance, and they often need to stay in, in real close verbal contact. Now, I'm going to suggest in my own work around this, I, I believe that we can sometimes switch roles. I think that that it's a lot more flexible than just, oh, I'm the isolated type or I'm the fuser type. I think sometimes various relationships can bring out different aspects of ourselves. Now, why I'm bringing this up is, is, is because of this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay on another, another overlay, another context with this, which um, is, is the idea that we have a masculine and a feminine energy inside of us. Now, Obviously, Liam, you are a man and I am a woman, but inside of you, you've got half of you that's a masculine-oriented energy and half of you that's a feminine-oriented energy. And, and the Chinese medical sort of model would, would correspond with this as being the left side of the body for one and the right for the other. Now, I'm going to suggest there's an overlay here that a fuser type closely or the fuser energy is most closely aligned with the feminine energy inside of the system. And the isolator aspect is most closely aligned with the masculine energy inside of the system. Now, how... so? so all of us have both. All of us have both. And they have two very different drivers. The feminine energy, the core principle behind the feminine energy is love. And the feminine will remain largely unfulfilled until it comes to know itself as love. The masculine principle in the system, in, inside of ourselves internally, all of us, the, the primary energy behind it is purpose. It is on purpose. It is seeking, singularly seeking purpose or a purpose outside of itself, a purpose greater than itself. And it will remain unfulfilled unless it gets ignited by that purpose. Now, let's go a little bit deeper and talk about how specifically it works when, when you've got a fuser, someone that's playing the fuser role and they're trying to work with their kind of divorce-hungry or divorce-intent partner who's playing the isolator role. Now, here is the key for the fuser that's a little bit more oriented in the love or the heart space or the feminine. And they've got this 
isolated partner who's out in the world and their attention is either on another on another partner or it's on their career or it's on their business um, on anything but them right now because you just notice the dynamic it's very very psychologically very dense and very interesting now here's how here's the key distinction for the fuser type they need to get on purpose now in most cases uh, part of what makes the isolator so attractive is that their attention is not on the fuser. As I said, their attention is out on their thing. Whatever their thing is, they're very, very focused on it, their purpose there. It's like there's a part of them that's carved off, carved off and unavailable. And this is precisely actually what the fuser needs to be doing. It's it's literally like the antidote. And so for them to start getting connected with their own sense of purpose is going to do a number of things. If you if you recognize yourself in that fuser role where you're the one that's doing the chasing and your partner's the one that's doing the running and you know that their attention is not on you or family affairs much of the time, they've got something they're compellingly up to, even if it, um, it, that happens at the moment to be another another person, um, which would, you know, is, is traumatically heartbreaking as that is, um, you know that their attention is, is going elsewhere. So here is your key, and here's the reasons why you need to be starting to get on purpose. Here, here they are. So here we go. Focusing on your purpose is going to help increase your male energy internally. Let me be more specific about that. It has a strength, a strengthening impact that's going to go on. Your sense of self is going to get strengthened. These are three key things. Your sense of self, your sense of personal autonomy. In other words, you'll become you'll be being less and less reliant on your isolated partner who's trying to pull away from you. And the third thing is you're going to become, you're going to get much more of a sense of backbone, whereas formerly you might have felt like a real a real wreck around them or like at the effect of their, um, of, of, of the way they're treating you. You're going to start developing a sense of backbone where you're able to stand alone. That's the first really compelling reason to get connected with your purpose and get onto purpose. Mm. The second is the second is that being on purpose increases we talked about this before your passion the level of passion that you're experiencing in your system your passion it's going to increase the level of inspiration and the level of positivity these are all very very important things because they are what make you very dynamic um in other words your personal magnetism is going to go right up and your isolated partner is going to notice that shift. It's as simple as that. And here's the third and final piece, which is really critical. The fuser, your your energy, the fuser's energy and attention, by moving away from the isolator, because let's 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 be straight here. Your the isolator that the partner you've been working with has effectively been a purpose surrogate. You've been putting all your attention onto what are they doing? You know, what's he up to now? What's she up to now? And I've noticed repeatedly with my clients that that when the fuser gets reconnected with their purpose, the isolator experiences them pulling away and experiences it as a sense of loss. They'll often 
their partners at this point will often try to come back in and reconnect. It's a it's a repetitive theme I've seen over and over. And you know, often mm. what can happen at this point is that the, the the fuser is is so engaged and so compellingly activated by what they're up to and the, the level of um, passion they're starting to feel in their life that they they sometimes can feel like they've outgrown them and, and often the interest dies down. So that's yeah. kind of like that's kind of like the, the the nutshell of the landscape as to why it's so critical for your listeners to get on to purpose. Wow, well, that's um, that's really well put. Unfortunately, we, we're going to run out of time, and uh, you know we could probably talk about this in so much more detail and, and more depth. But but interestingly enough, that's that's very much what I cover in the in this new program in particular, but in both of the programs that that your focus of power is yourself, and when you make yourself stronger and you're not so reliant, you're not being you're not the chaser, but you're you're more reliant. Then then the inevitable result is that they start to chase you. But you've got to take away, as you say, that depends and you've got to bring back you know your own purpose your own passion um, and it not being you know related specifically to to the spouse that you're actually chasing mm. but yeah oh we could we could go on all day and it's it's absolutely fantastic having you here mm-hmm. Rachel I can see we're going to have to get you back because there's so mm-hmm. much here about you know your purpose as a as an individual and your mm. and how that relates to to the purpose why you're even in your marriage or why you're in your relationship and and I guess you Absolutely. need to answer those sort of questions for yourself um, when you're when you're in a relationship um, so that you can you can build all that power back into yourself that's going to make it healthy and strong and as I say and I, and I, and I think today I think today Liam what we've what we've uncovered is the is the critical reason behind why you must reconnect with your purpose we mm. haven't had time we haven't had time to go into how you do that so that might no. be something we you know, we can yeah. look at coming up. So. That would be great. I I do cover it in the new program or both programs um, s- some strategies on how to do that as well. So mm-hmm. um, if people are listening who who really want to um, to look at my new program, the Save Your Doors program, I think you'll find some value there. But hey, Rachel, it's been great having you on the call. Good to hear another Kiwi accent. <laughs> <laughs> now, if Thank people you. want to, if people want to find out more from you and and all your work on purpose and where can they get hold of you? Is there a, do you have a website or somewhere they can get hold of you? Yeah, I'm going to give them two things. Um, I am going to give you my personal email, and I do this judiciously. If you'd like to, I'm not uh, very active at the moment with clients. I've got a couple of books I'm trying to get written. But if you do have a compelling question you'd like to ask me, you are welcome to um, be um, considered in sending me an email. So um, it's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L at breakfree, B-R-E-A-K-F-R-E-E dot C-O dot N-Z if that's co.nz for New Zealand. Um, also, I have a, a website, rachelmaytaylor.com, and that's the um, that's the website for the whole purpose blueprinting process, and that is R-A-C-H-E-L-M-A-E, like May West, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. Great. So okay. That's brilliant. Well, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much again for taking the time out you, uh, to join us for this. I hope people got some real value out of this. There's a, there's a lot here to think about. And as you say, everybody, you've got Rachel's contact details if you'd like to get in touch with her. And, of course, you're also very welcome to get in touch with me and check out what I'm doing on my website, which is liamnaden.com. And thanks for listening, and I look forward to joining you again next time. Bye for now. 